Welcome to episode 67 of the Inside Jogging Podcast. We're back for again for another hour or so of running talk with a roundup of all the festive racing, recaps of our weeks, a list of question or two, and we'll do our best to recap 2022 and look ahead to 2023. But before we do all of that, in a week where Santa set another PB for presents delivered in 24 hours, let me welcome to the show a man who thinks he graces us with his presence every week, despite falling short on his own PB attempt at Ribble Valley yesterday. How's it going, Joshua? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I'm back in Wales now, and unsurprisingly, it's raining. So I've managed to escape it for pretty much a whole week, actually. You've been across but the country, I believe. I have. I've been back in Peterborough. Yeah, no, I went, went back. Um, do you know what? The last week just seems like a blur. I don't know about you two. Every day just seems, um, seems like it's sort of gone very quickly. Yeah, so I was back in Peterborough. Then up to Blackburn, race, and now I'm back. Are you back for for the rest of the sort of Christmas season? Until I can move out, to move to the back to England, yeah, fortunately. Is that happening? N- no. <laughs> There's nothing planned. Okay. All right, let's quickly welcome my other co-host to the show this week, who I think, much like myself, has been battling with some illness this week. How's Chris has been in Linko, Shano? Shit. Yeah, I um, I set myself, one of my 2022 New Year's resolutions was to not get ill. And I was so cocky at the beginning of this week, or, well, last week. And literally the day after I was bragging about it, I had a stinking cold and it went on my chest. So I did very little running, so I didn't make my New Year's resolution. I didn't make it a year. So never yeah. mind. I've been trying to say that for all year, and I don't think I've made four weeks. You, um, yeah, you're going to try and have one month with no illness next year, Aaron? Or I think I think because take it in small chunks. I <laughs> so my Christmas was interesting. I felt absolutely fine. Oh, actually, I didn't. That's a lie. Start of the week, I felt a little bit sick, a bit nauseous on a few runs. I think I did a ten k. I'll get into my week, and then Jenny came down with tonsillitis on the twenty third. And would didn't then come to Suffolk with me, so I had Eliza on my own. I started to feel ropey after I drove back on Christmas Eve evening, and then by lunchtime Christmas Day, I was then in bed for between twelve thirty and eight thirty on Christmas Day. And That's at cool. one point, I actually thought I was going to die. I couldn't move. I tried to go downstairs and made it down two steps, and was like, "Nah." Are we talking? Thought you were going to die like when we came back from Portugal that time, or talking as bad as that. It's worse. So, I oh. thought when I had COVID a couple of years ago for the first time, I thought that was the worst I could feel. I was wrong. <laughs> and it's not COVID, it's I think it's a strain of like Eliza's had impetigo, which is one of these strep A type illnesses. It's not nothing as serious as the Daily Mail. Well, I've not had it as serious as Daily Mail like you to believe, but um, it's not been great. Anyway, let's get into some... Just, just to quickly put it into context, Aaron is recording this, sat with a cuddling a blanket. Well, yeah, this, this is quite, quite this a good sign. 
I'll come back. I'll talk about <laughs> my, how my night sweats have been escalating this week later. Let's get into some running chat. Um, Josh, as you've done the most, if you were recording on a Wednesday, Josh should we just go to Ribble Valley? He raced Ribble Valley yesterday. So why don't you recap your whole of your week and then just finish with the race on Tuesday? Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, so last Monday, um, lunchtime went out, did six miles, 6.36s. Sorry, 6.38s, can't read. Um, nothing really to report there. Other than I did the same run, exactly the same route in the evening and ran five seconds quicker. So that is pretty good uh, sort of body metronome set or, uh, settings or whatever you want to call it. Um, Tuesday, I ran with Jake in the morning. So this we tried to make work because Jake's on his return to run. He, I think he was doing two, yeah, he was doing two minute run, one minute walk. And when he originally said this to me, I was like, Jake, this is never going to work. But we did it around a field and actually we managed to, managed to get it to work. So I did five miles of consistent running. Um, so I averaged 6.43s and then I basically did two minutes slow and it probably ended up one minute a little bit quicker because we we're sort of trying to start at the same time. Um, but yeah, nice to see Jake. Um, so that was that. And then in the evening, I had 10 by 1K. Um, so did three mile warm up, three mile warm down. And average 258s off a 90 second jog. So went out to the cycle path um, because it's pretty much the only only really flat, sort of well-lit place you can do do that sort of session really um, at the moment. And it's quite good because someone's uh, drawn on the or sort of spray canned on the path every 200 metres. So um, yeah, that's, that's actually pretty good. So generally what I find is I probably end up going from like two, uh, sorry, not 250, um, like 70 seconds for the first probably 400 and then that next 200 is a little bit slower and then probably end up picking up and that just kind of naturally i think that's more actually the first 200s a little bit quicker um but yeah felt, felt all right felt um pretty, pretty decent to be honest then wednesday uh did eight miles went out in the morning uh 641s um it was pretty pretty chilly actually again um memory did you find a week ago like i'm i can't picture that do you find that all the time it's like six days how can how can that be a distant memory well when you do so much running it's harder harder to remember yeah especially especially over christmas it does i mean i have no yeah i speak to somebody on the phone earlier and i had no concept of what day we were on so yeah (laughs) Um, I have that on a well structured week. <laughs> um, so I after that, I so I went out in the morning, um, and then I drove back to Peter in the evening. Um, so I went out with my dad and my brothers, and uh, it was quite nice actually because we don't really sort of get uh the opportunity to meet much. Um, so we went for a nice nice little meal in Stamford. Uh, my brother was on top form as he was getting. He's quite loud in, anyway, and. Uh, I would say every drink he has, his volume increases. And it was getting to the point where actually the rest of they sort of bought us the bill. And my dad was like, I think they want us to leave because he was so, so loud. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was quite good. Um, ended up being quite a late night, actually. I didn't get home till because uh, we went to the the pub, my brother, uh, one of my brothers, my dad and I. Um, so I think, yeah, got back about half past 12. 
And then I was going to do this. I had a two mile um, rep. It was basically a rep. Uh, uh, Robert put it as like a tempo, but then he messaged me saying, oh, I forgot actually, I want you to go a bit harder. Um, so we sort of said, Let, let's try and run uh, 450s, um, if that felt all right. So I persuaded my dad to bike with me, um, but more so because, you know, when you're tired, because he was like, oh, you don't need a bike, it's only two miles. And it's more, you know, when you're tired at that intensity, no. you just want someone to chase. Uh -oh. Stop you. Your dad is right. You don't need a bike for two miles. <laughs> I just, I just wanted. I find I can do a mile. You push a mile pretty, like if it's hard. But then it's like, well, it's more like just concentrating. Anyway, I'd have been better without him. To be honest, is absolutely useless. So did my walk three miles. Um, so I said to him, we'll aim for four, sort of four fifties, and he doesn't know what that was. So I said, right, it's three minute k's. So he's got on his bike, and we went through. Uh, Rob said to me on my training peaks, it says we went through half a mile at 4.36 pace and he had gapped me and I was just like, dad, slow down. And that, do you know where that is, Aaron? It's basically from Hampton to Yaxley. So you went up, so it's slightly That's up. uphill. Yeah. yeah, uphill as well. I was absolutely blowing after a mile. We went through, I think, 4.39 and I was like, well, just that damage limitations here. And I was like, worst case, in some races you're going to go off quick so i tried to sort of take the positive of that um and then we did a little lap in yaxley and then started to come back so it, it was, certainly was not the most ideal route in the world but ended up in 931 for two miles have you ever tried biking at that pace uh i've done yeah because I, I i did quite a lot with jake in the summer on the track Oh yeah, you always look. I'm pretty. Bit. I'm pretty good at it. Oh, but the problem track. is, you've got feedback, haven't you? Every two well, years, I don't really look at my watch. I can just gauge it off the person. I don't. I I find they probably know the pace better than you do on a bike. So what my dad did is he just looked at his watch. Well, it, it certainly wasn't syncing correctly because he was like, "Oh yeah, we're, this is about three minutes," and he he must have been two fifty through a k. Um. So that's why, yeah, if, if you ever, there's a bit of feedback for you. If you're ever biking with someone and they're running, look more at what the person's doing rather than your watch. Because ultimately, if they can't run the pace, it doesn't really matter. Like, pace them, not the time. Or if you're ever biking when you're running with someone, this goes out for you people filming them so they can put it on Instagram. <laughs> Don't. Stay at home. Stop it. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't didn't take any videos. Yeah, good, good. I thought Aaron would be, Aaron would be impressed with that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, actually, when I did 9.31, Rob was pretty pleased with that, actually, because that, for me, is pretty quick. Um, Although, you missed an opportunity, Josh, to do one of those social media posts where people film themselves what pace they're running at and <laughs> yeah. post it with, you know, <laughs> with Ray in the background or something. Yeah, missed a five-second five max. <laughs> I think I saw one the other day where... The guy I was on the treadmill and it said like four minute miling and there was no chance he was doing it. Yeah. No chance that treadmill goes up to that speed anyway. Yeah. Yeah, they're ridiculous. So yeah, there we are. That was uh Thursday. Then I ran with um the surgeon on Friday. That's Phil Martin, if you're no one's aware. Um so we did easy five miles, and that was very, very wet, to say the least. What do you call him? The surgeon. Why? Because you love Sergio. Ah, uh, no. His name's Sergio Ramos. 
There was one of those people. You can be going for an easy run. Say you're running a seven minute miling and there's a bike coming. It'll drop a 20, 20 meter flat out just to get in front of you. Anyway, we so, all know we all know his real name is is King Parkrun Phil. So. Yeah, exactly. And that's very fitting for the later in the week. So uh yeah, five miles, six seventeens. Um so yeah, felt felt all right. It was just very wet. Then I went into town, actually did a bit of Christmas shopping. And one thing I've realised is every time I go away from Peterborough, I think it just deteriorates. It's just all that happens is more and more shops shut. I don't know if you found this out, if you ever go in. You probably don't ever go in. Nah, I don't go in. Yeah, don't today. blame you. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was the rest of my day, really. Um, Christmas Eve, I uh, had a bit of a short, uh, shorter session. So I did four by a K. And this is quite funny, actually, because... Going back to sort of when I've been back in Peterborough. So I grew up in Warrington, which is North Peterborough. And uh, I saw so us staying there. So I did my session there. And I don't know if you ever visit places that you've not been since you were sort of a child. But I went to primary school where I was running. And everything seems so much smaller than what you remember it or what I remember it at that time. So I ran past my primary school. And I remember when my mum used to let me walk home. And I was like... I just, you know, when you sort of feel so grown up and actually it's about 150 meters. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even do, yeah, I, I was doing my three minute rep and I could, I could do a whole lap of the field and it's only one side of the field. So I found that quite amusing. And I thought this actually last time I went, um, went back as well. Um, but anyway, to get sidetracked. So I did four by a K off 90 seconds. Uh, I went 255, 254, 301, 256. And that one was like massively headwind. So I'd imagine some of the others were probably a little bit backwind. Um, and yeah, legs felt all right. Sort of, yeah, pretty pretty confident really how I felt. Um, then, uh, then it was Christmas Day. So I met up actually with, so two of my brothers came to park and then some of my friends from um, school. So it was quite nice actually, because that's one thing I find, if you go on Christmas Day, there's loads of people that probably wouldn't normally be there. It's quite nice to sort of have a catch up. So on that topic of Phil, the king of the park run, I would say 70% of the 70% of people running probably knew him. It's probably higher. That, yeah. It, on, honestly, it's mental. Um, so, yeah. So I ran around with him. Uh, I felt very, very popular just being in his company. Um, oh. But I said, I said to him, let's run sort of six minute mile in and then, he wanted to run he two-stepped me the whole way so we ended up running a bit quicker than that um where, where did you start that run um we started at the cafe so we, i was going to do three miles before but i was a little bit late getting there so i did two miles before and a mile after because i had six miles in total so we went sort of 621 604 then the park run was 550 539 542 and then we did the mile after 557 so on the for the park run around seventeen fifty five. And now you're going out to like near my work, it's your woods. Um are you on the right day? Christmas Day. Oh, is that Phil's? Oh yeah, Phil did more. I think Phil did ten miles. Maybe that's That'd Phil. Be why. Maybe that's yeah, Phil. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't leave Fairy Meadows. It's from Phil's house, that's why. Anyway, I didn't know. Yeah. Did yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's um so I did six miles at five fifty sixes. Okay. Um which actually, I was like, oh, it's a little bit quick to I'm racing in two days. But actually, when we come to my race, my legs felt pretty good. So, um, yeah, I'm not so concerned about that. Um, yeah, then Christmas Day. So, 
normal sort of Christmas Day antics. Well, I was meant to, my uncle was meant to come with his family, but uh, similar to you, Aaron, actually, he was very ill and bed bound, so he actually didn't come. Um, so we had a smaller crowd than planned. Uh, then Monday, so I travelled up hey, to Blackburn. I need to ask questions about Christmas Day. Oh, sorry, go on. What did you get? Just money, really. That's all you get when you get old, what I find. Okay. Um, what did you have for Christmas dinner? Uh, normal, normal stuff, really. Yeah, like, what turkey? Yeah. Oh, yeah, turkey. I thought you meant like the accompaniments. And did you have it? Did you have it all? Yeah, I actually, I thought the one thing I did, I, pro I have a lot of desserts, so I'm not so bothered by savoury stuff. Like, yeah, it's all right. If you said to me, "Oh, there's no, there's no turkey this year. We've got fifteen trifles," I'd be fine. Can polish them off. My yeah. nan made this trifle and she put some sort of alcohol in it. Jesus, honestly, I thought I was going to be pissed. It's quite nice. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Anything else happened on Christmas Day? Nothing really. Played some games in the evening. I got beaten by my how old is he? Twelve-year-old cousin at poker. Just complete. You know when people don't know the rules and they just they don't know if they're bluffing or they're being or they they could win. Yeah. So that, what they when they think that uh, they're deadly, they think they're bluffing and actually they've got a really good hand and vice versa. Um. So yeah, that was annoying. Where did Where did you have Christmas Day? Uh, at my auntie's. Did, so because my, my dad pissed up. Treated to it. No, I went out to hers on uh, Boxing Day. Okay, uh, but my dad pissed off skiing, didn't he? So yeah. Didn't get the invite for that. Um, so then before I uh, before I left on Boxing Day, I did four miles and strides. Um, and then again, I went on the sort of pathway or primary school. So then I, the without the strides, it was probably like six forties. And then I just did four four by fifteen seconds. Um, then yeah, drove up to uh, Blackburn, and I literally got to the M sixty two, and it hadn't rained all week. From the M62 back to Cardiff, it hasn't stopped raining. And I'm talking torrential rain. Yeah, so on the M62, I think even in summer that happens. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was it was horrendous. You know when you're aquaplaning, and I, I in my car is terrible in the rain as well. I was just driving like 50 miles an hour on the M62. Awful. To be fair, it's rained in in Lincolnshire since. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, if you're not alone. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine in Peterborough. The moment. No, uh, other than left. that run I did with Phil, actually. After you left, you talked. Oh, about fine. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. So anyway, that brings us to the race. Um. So did three mile warm up with uh, Dan Bebbington, and I think he certainly was giving me the impression that he wanted to go slower because he was sort of letting me two step him. But then after the race, he was like, "Actually, I think I might start warming up a bit quicker because I felt quite good." So, uh, yeah, he he liked that. So I did three miles. It was only 6.47. I don't think it was even that quick. Um, and then, yeah, coming to the race. So um, it was quite funny. At the start, they started the race two minutes early. So two minutes before 10. And we were all sort of just chatting on the start line. And the gun went. There was no get ready, just bang. And it was carnage. So uh, you know Matt Wood runs the run-through events? Mm -hmm. He was in the back of a car because he was doing um, some comment, uh, like commentary through the race. They, the car wasn't expecting it. They've absolutely floored it. And the boot sort of half shot on his head. 
Were they were they not doing a test? They usually do a test, don't they? No. No, they'd already done it. They did it like 10 minutes too. But it was, yeah, it was quite funny actually. So everyone kind of like panicked. Yeah, panicked and just legged it. Um, So yeah, if you don't know the course, the first like 100 metres is slightly downhill and you finish and start in the same place. Then there's quite a steep downhill and then followed by a steep uphill. So obviously vice versa when you're finishing. Um, And sort of ended up on probably the front, or sort of second row of three people going down that hill, probably the front three. Uh, and I was like, oh, because it was forecast quite heavy uh, or quite strong wind, which actually didn't materialise. Like it was taller, the conditions were pretty good. Um, so when we got to that hill, I was like, I don't really want to be on the front. So I kind of sort of relaxed a little bit um, and Andy Smith came past me. So sort of just sat behind him. And then we went through a K and it was like 305 probably. I was like, this is pretty slow. So I was like, well, I'm just going to carry on what feels like a decent effort for me. Um, and we went for a mile in about 4.55, 4.56. And uh, Rory Leonard looked at his watch. And so Callum Johnson was next to me as well. And that Rory sort of, I think, got the impression that he wanted to go a bit quicker. So he sort of, he didn't really push on much, but he was like, right, let's get it going. And I felt, felt pretty good. So I was like, well, at this pace, I'm just going to follow him if it feels all right. And we actually, me, Callum and Rory, sort of probably 15, 20 metre gap on everyone else. Um, and we went through 2K in 6.02, 6.03. So it wasn't like it was quick. Um, and then we got to probably 2.5K and, and then Rory put quite a big surge in. And I was like, that's too hard for me right now. So I sort of let them go and uh, kind of naturally the group behind me caught me. Um, so I sort of sat in for a little bit and then... I do you know what I really like the course at River Valley because it's quite rolling. And I think when I look at the run, the best runs I've probably had, so I'm thinking the Great North and Gloucester 10 miles, they're both very similar. Um, and I'm not great up the hills, I don't have much sort of speed or power, but I can generally run quite quick down the hills. So I just sort of throw myself down them. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really like the course. Um, but we've got to the so there's an out and back at five. 5k so we went through 5k in 15 15 and i was like well this this isn't very quick um but to be honest callum and rory only went through in about 15 flat um so up the hill uh just say again if you don't know the course it is pretty much two and a half mile uphill yeah yeah and then then it's flattish for the next two miles then you go down to about four to about six is down and then you, as you said you finish yeah hill. So, so it is definitely faster the second half yeah i'm, I'm looking um, to put it into context i'm looking at uh rob's mile splits and he's got his gap on his and he was 454 458 and the gap for both of those miles was coming up as 444 yeah which effort wise actually i mean it still is probably so so 15 15 i would say is probably sub 30 type effort you know yeah you potentially can run a or well, as they did as you'll probably explain yeah um, yeah plus a um, negative 30 seconds plus split yeah that makes any sense i've said negative and plus together i know what you mean yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so there was a good group of us there's probably about 12 12 13 of us in this uh this group second group um so you sort of had like dan bevington matt ramsdale um Ramsdale. Ramsden. Ramsden. I always, I always get confused with uh, 
Has he got the same name as the Australian kid? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, who else was in there? Uh, Chris Perry. Um, Rob Warner. Carl, Carl Avery. Oh yeah, Rob Warner. So there's there's loads uh loads of people in there. Um, and then up up the hill at five k, me and Andy Davis slightly dropped off because some of those boys are quick fifteen hundred guys. Um, so we got to the turn, and I thought, well, that's fine. I can just catch him up on the downhill, and exactly what Shane had pretty much in Telford I got under my right rib where it's just a bit of a stitch but it's it's quite sharp painful and it, I, I've, I've had I think I mentioned it when Shane had it I get it on downhills and I don't really know what causes it other than that because um, I don't always get it I don't know how to get rid of it it's more enforcing or stop it happening um, so I ended up sort of having to really I wouldn't say really back off but I'm probably running the 90%. And that happened for a little while. And then it kind of actually eased off. And um, I could sort of push on a bit. Because I started to catch Andy then. Because Andy had just dropped off a little bit. Um, and then I got it again with sort of a small uh, small downhill a bit later on. Um, and then it, it was never sort of, oh my God, I have to stop. But it was more like, I can't push through this. And it was really annoying because my legs felt pretty good. And all the guys in that group... Um, were either under 30 minutes or like 3001, 3002. Um, other, other than, I think, Andy, because he, I'll tell you when we got to 9K, because it was quite funny. Um, so, yeah, so that, it was more frustrating than anything. And I was like, well, I'll just sort of carry on and see how I felt. And actually, I ended up running even splits. So I think that sort of proves the second half is definitely quicker. Um, so, yeah, so we got to, the the only other thing I'd probably sort of point out, which was quite, quite good about, or funny about the race, we got to about, just after 9k where you start to go it's quite steep downhill and then it's really steep where from where you go to the start and i could see andy davis he was about 10 seconds ahead of me and i was like he's barely lifted his legs off the ground i was like he does not look in a good way and then he stops he's stretching his he's stretching his uh i think it was his hamstring and uh he as i've come past him, he went i'm cramping what should i do and i was like i said to him i was like this is like watching London all over again. Do you remember when Leachy came past him and he was basically falling over? It was very funny. Um, so yeah, so he he uh, he had a rough time. Cause I think I think I took forty seconds out of him going to the finish as well, and it's only about four hundred meters from there. So yeah, all in all, frustrating would probably be the way I describe it. But I the one positive I would take away is my legs felt pretty good um, and. Yeah, I ran 30-30. I don't think I've actually said that yet. 30-30, 31 I think it might have been. Um, so it's like not a terrible time. Obviously, I wanted to run faster. But we go again in three weeks or two and a half now. I mean, Improvement on Telford. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'd like to point out that I am the Inside Jogging Podcast record holder at Rural Valley still with my 30-29 in 2012. Uh, yeah. Ten yeah. years ago, we went Josh. I looked. Yeah, I do you know what I remember. 33 30, I think you ran. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I've come on away since then. Josh is most improved. You're the record holder and I'm the most <laughs> in River Valley. So ten years time, Josh, you're not gonna have three minutes off. Twenty seven. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's annoying because that group was really good. Um I think if I was with that group four hundred meters to go, I think uh Dan and Matt would have absolutely blitzed me off the top of the last hill, but I'd have liked to have thought I'd have still been there. But yeah, it, I don't want to be that guy. It's like, oh well, what if? Or 
I think so. I'm not going to do it. You can't. You can't say after, that after I've done it. <laughs> anyway, uh, solid point. Um, so yeah, last week mileage wise, uh, let me check. Yeah, it wasn't very much at all. Um, Sixty six. But I will, I think, after this week, this week's probably going to be around 75. Um, see, I can say that because I don't miss runs. Um, and then I think my mileage is going to step up a little bit. There you go. Right, let's move on. Shane, I want you to talk us through your Christmas week and your battles with sickness. Well, obviously, we uh, came off the back of the week before. That tends to happen on a Monday. And uh, uh, we did a long run on the Monday because uh, I couldn't move on the Sunday when I had had too much alcohol and um, Ronnie just couldn't be asked to have a long run on his own. I felt awesome on that. So we did two hour, two, I did two hours with um, some surges and I put a picture up on my Strava of Serge uh, Pizzorno from Kasabian. That's the best way to describe surges none of none of this other shit josh <laughs> none of that anyway so actually felt awesome on that uh because well my legs were fresh because i hadn't run the day before um plus also for the surges pretty much all of them bar one there was a significant backwind and they were probably all mostly downhill uh so we're popping out 450 pace like that was like was nothing how long, how long are the surges two minutes so it typically typically go two minutes at threshold, um, and we we start them usually after about eight miles. So we do eight, we do um, basically two minutes each mile. Um, so it's quite nice to make runs go a bit faster. Um, I love them because I by the time I'm on my last one, I always I feel better than I do when I start to run. Um, so yeah, that was pretty good. So what was uh, that? Eight, eight of them. Eight of them, so eight miles worth. So we do eight miles easy. Another eight miles with a surge each mile, and then just whatever left, two and a bit. I think I did to round up to two hours. Um, but they're quite good. They're quite good for um, like if you're when you want to start introducing into things like harder marathons or harder tempos because you, you yeah. just want to work. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. Even if you've done an hour easy, you after that your body's still depleted of fuel, so you're having to to work on at small intervals a uh, harsher effort as you're becoming more and more depleted so quite useful thing to do the next day um my legs felt great my body felt great it was like i hadn't done anything the day before so i was feeling pretty happy ready to get back onto another week did uh just over 10 miles 716 pace um ran with tom so tom had been ill after uh the week before so I ran with tom and i was we were talking about him being ill and i was bragging how how good my immune system is um wednesday i felt a little bit rough i thought oh well could just be a bit run down so i did went to the gym in the at lunchtime or just before lunch and then uh yeah 10 miles with the boys in the evening 7 13 pace we had a big session planned i was trying to rope everything into coming up on the thursday morning uh yeah i woke up really ill didn't manage it <laughs> So it's quite poorly on Thursday, quite poorly on Friday, uh, horrendous on Saturday, um, way worse on Sunday. And that's my week, 38.9 miles. And <laughs> half of that was one run. 
basically. Um, to to be fair, though, a lot of people I've know I know have been ill recently. Yeah, I, I to be honest, the reason I was getting cocky was because so many people, whether it's clients coming to see me or some of the athletes I coach or some of the people I run with, were getting ill around about when Telford was. And that was obviously when I was like quite run down and low on sleep. If I said any time I was going to get ill, it was going to be then. So I was getting so confident and so cocky. Um, I probably caught a bug when I was out on the Saturday night before uh, drinking. Um, obviously, loads of people in one place. So I must have caught something then. And it didn't come out of me till till in the week. Um, but it, it, it went down to my chest. And when it goes down to my chest... Yeah, like, that's when you could probably got to start. Yeah. And, and luckily... That- even though I've had COVID twice in the past couple of years and once was before vaccines, I haven't had anything on my chest really in about five or six years. So I'm quite lucky, but I was also quite apprehensive because if, yeah, if you start pushing anything or doing anything too much when it's, when it goes onto your chest, you just spend weeks recovering from it. And when did you run this week or have you run this week? So I didn't run Monday. I was going to, but to be honest, just, all the family around and I sort of missed my window and then I couldn't be bothered to go in the evening. So I ran on Tuesday uh, with the lads and I had one coughing fit, but generally it wasn't too bad the whole run. Um, But when I finished, I was absolutely wiped out. I think we did an hour. Um, But today I feel loads better. I think all that's left today is I think my nose needs to clear. I've not really had any coughing. So That's five days off you took complete off, so... Yeah, five 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 days complete rest. Um, probably looking back, maybe could have done with not winning on the Wednesday. Um, but it's I mean, it's different the game we're in. We we are obviously amateur runners who train like professionals. So if you took a day off every time, you just felt a little bit rough. You know, you probably missed. And would never run. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, true. So, I, th- I think um because obviously people are gonna go out more as well. It's Christmas. You know, stay up later. I think all of those things uh sort of piled on top of each other. Um, yeah. Definitely heighten the chances of getting ill. Absolutely. Um last year I caught COVID, so I came over COVID on Christmas Day. Um the year before that, uh so no, so that the, the Basically, I think three out of last four years I've got ill around the Christmas and New Year period. <laughs> so yeah. next year I know what to work on. I'm going to stay inside for a month. Anyway, Shane's recovered for the big Lincoln Curry night tonight. So that's the main main <laughs> thing. It's the main event, and I think I'm going to drive because I can't handle <laughs> uh, alcohol anymore. So if you didn't know, I'm not making it. So um, oh, I'll I'll yeah. forward that on. You'll be missed. <laughs> Should we go? I'll go into my week. Yeah, let's hear it. Similar, similar tales to Shane, really. So I started off positive. I had a week off work, so I was like, going to get plenty of running in this week. Got out, and because Jenny was also off work, I could get out for morning runs. So I joined Philippa at half eight. She was doing a long run, so I just did an hour of her long run, seven fifty-five pace, seven and a half miles. All good. Um, so. In the evening, it was quite wet on Monday, I think. In the evening, I wanted to get a bit more mileage in. And I jumped on the treadmill at half four, did 45 minutes at 6.55. So six and a half miles, so made that a 
a 13 mile day. So I was like, good. Monday's kicked off nicely. Tuesday, I woke up Tuesday and as I said earlier, I felt a bit nauseous, a bit sick. So I put off my session until the evening and I, I jumped on the treadmill at half six. So just after I think Eliza had had tea just before she went to bed. And I was going to do 1,200 metre reps. I think I told Shane this. So I, in in my head, I had 7 by 1,200 off maybe 400. And I put the treadmill to, I think it was like 308 pace, 309 pace. So slightly quicker than I'd done my, my sort of threshold type stuff the other week. And it felt so hard. And I got to sort of 800 metres and I was like, if I stop at 1,200, I'm not going to do another rep. So let's try and extend the reps. So in my head, I was like, let's do a mile. I got to a mile and thought exactly the same if I stop now. So I thought, right, let's try and get a 3K rep done. And somehow I felt terrible for 6K, but I got all the way through 10K at that, and I actually picked up the pace a little bit. So I ran that that right there is a prime prime example of it doesn't matter if you feel shit in a session, don't stop. No, it was more the fact that I felt a bit sicky. It was just like a oh, weird sicky feeling. Um, and I yeah, so I yeah, I carried on and but I honestly think if I would have stopped at any point, I wouldn't have done another rep. Because yeah, that, that, that's what that's more what I meant. I even got to the point where I was like, let's do 20 minutes threshold and then I'll do some minute reps. Then I was like, if I do 25 minute threshold, probably don't have to do any minute reps. And then by the time I got 25 minutes, I was like, I might as well finish this off. So it it felt okay. It just felt a bit sicky. So 31.09, again, treadmill a bit generous. I did 5K warm up, 4K down. So that's 12 miles, six minute mileing. Josh will be pleased about that. Yeah, um, good. Now, Wednesday, again, I had the whole day to do stuff, but we did all our Christmas shopping. So we actually put Eliza in nursery on Wednesday so we could do some Christmas shopping. And I also felt a bit sick. So I had a day off Wednesday. Um, and then Thursday, I thought, that's stupid. You've got all the time in the world. You can't be having days off. So I joined, Ben messaged me and said he wanted to do nine minutes. So I joined Ben. Um, eight twenty, we ran for mine. Did ninety minutes. Again, felt absolutely fine running wise. But as a Strava, I said, I think I'm pregnant. I've got morning sickness because it was just this weird, like nauseous feeling. Um, so I just did that on is that Thursday, Thursday now. It's thirteen miles. Then Friday morning. Before I went to Suffolk, I joined Philippa came to mine and we did 11k, so 6.8 miles at 7.38, so quite quick for Philippa. Um, just looped around the flat. And again, I said to Philippa, I don't feel quite right, but I was going to try and run again in the evening when I got to um, Suffolk. But I got back from that run and I was going to... We needed to leave about 10 o'clock to go to Suffolk. And Jenny was going to pack Eliza's stuff and her stuff and just get all those bits ready. And I came back in the house and she 
was on the phone to the doctors, like in tears, trying to get some antibiotics because nobody would, nobody was open and nobody was going to give any to her. So she, she managed to cry at somebody, and they, they like said, okay, I'll pass you on to somebody else, and she got some. But that meant she wasn't coming, so I had to take Eliza to Suffolk, which pretty much wrote off my chances of running Christmas Eve when I was with because I couldn't my because I stayed at my brother's and my brother's got twin nine month twins and there's no chance I'm going to lump Eliza on them as well and go I'm going to go for a run on Saturday morning so I felt okay yeah, Saturday morning I would definitely wouldn't have done that either <laughs> I felt okay Saturday morning but I don't know I kind of thought it's kind of good that I'm not running because I don't feel 100%. I also didn't want to say this to my brother, so he doesn't listen, so it doesn't matter. He was dead scared of me giving the twins anything. And I actually think his seven-year-old's got a version of what me and Jenny have, so apologies to my brother and his wife. Hopefully the twins don't get it, but um, yeah. Anyway, so Christmas Day, woke up, felt a little bit ropey, but okay got just before christmas dinner and i was like don't feel great i couldn't really eat that much and i thought i was gonna go for a lie down after christmas dinner and just deteriorated badly over the next few hours to what i explained earlier and yeah since then it's got a little bit better today but i've had like a really sore throat it's really red had a massive headache Still feel this sick feeling all the time. Got a bit of a cough and had fever, especially at night. It was disgusting how wet I was the other night. I told Shane, like, every part of my body sweated. Even my hair was wet. Like, you know when you race in the summer on the track and your legs sweat? Like, your, your calves. Yes. I even yeah. had that. I was like, your calves never sweat apart from track racing in the summer. And that's... I just was drenched. So last night I slept in um, in clothes so it would soak up some of the moisture because we washed oh. the sheets. I wore my, my night tracksuit track. They're loose, so, but it did soak up some of the moisture. I just didn't want to get into wet sheets again. Anyway, um, hopefully on the mend now, but I can't. What are we on Wednesday? Potentially some running easy running Friday, Saturday, but there's no chance I'm doing a 10K on whatever day it is, Saturday. Um, so I was meant to do easy 10K on Saturday, but that's not happening. Um, so yeah, that's my week and pretty much a good summary of my year. It is. What's, what's quite impressive, we've probably, I suppose this week, next recording will be the final week of the year, but... We've probably resumed um, the ways of what we expect in terms of the rankings. So Josh has the highest mileage week. You've actually had the second highest mileage week, Aaron, and I've had the uh, the lowest mileage week. So despite the numbers all being quite low, that's probably what's going to be normal, isn't it, over the next year? Yeah, I mean, because I hit, what, 46 miles. I took yeah. Wednesday off already, and I was going to do 15 mile on Christmas Day. And potentially 15 mile on Christmas Eve. So I was expecting to hit 80 to 90 last week. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's frust more frustrating because 
the only it's one of the only weeks in the year that both me and Jenny have had off, so I've got all the time in the world to run. And the grandparents are over for Christmas. So I could have run at any point in this week and haven't been able to. There you go. Anyway, less of that sob story because we'll look forward to 2023 in a minute. Um, We'll go to the Strava leaderboard, which is last week. I think Jasper flashed McDonnell. Was he McDowell? I say this wrong every time. It's only because I see just Jasper. I apologise, Jasper. I'm opening you up while I speak. Anyway, he was top. I like Phil Sessman, 100.0 exactly miles. Not that he rounded that up in the slightest. Um, and Anna Bracegirdle, 92.1 miles. Um, average pace of 6.29. Pretty solid there. Joshua like that. Yeah, good. There are leaders. McDowell, Jasper McDowell. Um, Australian. No. He's now in Geneva. He's from he's Geneva, yeah. Was he not in Australia? Anyway, I've messed this up completely, Jasper. So you've got a lot of airtime out of it. So take that away from it. Um, to, to be fair, he gets a lot of airtime when we do the leaderboard anyway. He's top every week, I think. Josh said he had a listener question. I've got a few. Yeah, I know. I've got a few um, off the Instagram post. So <clears throat> um, I thought this would be fitting because I... I wouldn't be surprised if we all have a, the same answer for this. So, what is your favourite race you've ever run? Shane, you first. Oh, it probably is um, the Armar 5K of old times. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the case. Yeah, definitely. Because when I thought about it, when I read it, that was going to be mine as well. And I'm saying this as a not as a sort of specific once and one time race, because I think in that case, I'll just say my PB. But as a one uh, as an event, I think that is the go yeah. back 10 years. I think when when we first started doing that as well, I think that couple of years we reached its peak. It was it was still rapid. It was a great race. It was a great uh, environment. And it still is. But. I mean, the last time I did it was still quite a while ago. It was, it was mayhem, absolutely manic. I think, uh, I think what made it so unique, and it's a bit like London Marathon for me and Josh recently, is we can treat it like elites because it's a Thursday race. They fly us out on like the Wednesday, don't they? You, you're in a hotel all together on the Wednesday. You've got all day Thursday, and they have a bit of a night out afterwards, but. It's not many races where you go to like all the main participants are in the same hotel and you're treated like professional runners. So that's why it was so yeah, unique. At, at our level. Our le- yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. For people who aren't professional runners. Um and we even took you out there one year when you were like a Yeah, I hadn't broken sixteen minutes and I got that. Yeah. I'd run 1604. And they paid for your hotel and gave you a bit of cash, <laughs> which yeah, <laughs> it's always, it's always nice to turn up to a race as you get walk into the hotel and this guy just ha- hands you an envelope of cash for you all. Like, <laughs> Cheers. See you later. Um, yeah, I think, I think London Marathon does come up there highly as a sort of race experience if you do nail it. Um, because again, You've got that whole 
if you've got the time, you've got the hotel environment, so you can take it very seriously. I think when I raced it off the championship start, it's a bit more stressful because you have to still get trains and things to to the race. I can see Josh is frozen. I'm not sure if he's still there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're there. You froze on your laughing. I think I was just still. Um, and yeah, I think when you can run it as an elite runner, it's it's pretty much stress-free. They take care of all those stressful things for you. You just turn up and race. I think that's what makes races the best when you have no stress. You have to worry about travel and getting to the race on time. That's all taken away from it for you. Um, I did also like our trip to Belgium, but that was very stressful. <laughs> that was probably the most stressful race I've ever had. Me and Josh raced in um, KBC Nacked in outside of Leuven and I parked my car in a, in a car park that had closed for the weekend so we had to get an Uber <laughs> all the way to it's the like race 200 euros, 200 euros. <laughs> then, get lift, then I found some random Belgians to give us a lift back and this is like my race I was in the e-race it was pissing it down it must have been what one two in the morning when we left yeah, I talked to these Belgians and said oh what's the last race you guys in I was like ah oh, the C race Josh was in the e-race um, so they waited around to like half past one to take us back um, anyway I think that's the answer to that question um, I I'll, we'll do a couple more um, I think I mean I can answer this one did you get any muscle pain from first treadmill running I think we answered this the other week mm. I did but only on gym treadmills on my treadmill, I've been absolutely fine. I don't know if it's because mine's better. I've always used to find on gym treadmills, even if I put it up to one two percent gradient, I'd get really sore quads. So maybe that's the only way you can reduce the the impact if you're getting tight quads or calves is maybe put it on a bit of a gradient to because if they're not, I think the Noble Pro that I've got is always set the way that structure is to a one two percent gradient but it, the gym treadmills aren't so you have to just raise those a little just to relieve some of the pressure because otherwise you're effectively running downhill all run um so i think like this probably linked to his other question as well so this is from charlie edwards um i must change uh yeah he's putting to so yeah. he's basically saying should he change his running gait at easy paces because his calves hurt I personally would never change my running gait. Uh, mine has changed, but naturally, I've never tried to change it. But I think if you start messing around with what is natural to you, I think you're only just going to end with other problems. Yeah. So I would say if you're getting calf pain, probably strengthen your calves. Yeah, I'm going to jump in here. Um, yeah, short answers. If you're getting calf pain, yeah, strengthen your calves, increase the capacity that you want to increase the capacity to do what you want to do. If there's a specific reason you've been told to run differently or move differently during a recovery run. So for example, I run much slower than Josh when we're running easy. If Josh went and forced himself to do an hour at 7.30 pace, I would hazard a guess and say Josh would get some aches or pains because his body's not mm. used to it. If for whatever reason Josh had had to start running seven thirty pace, then the next job comes in training your body to run seven thirty pace. 
that's when you would maybe consider moving differently but you wouldn't just go and go into an hour at that if it's just as simple as you've in your on your recovery runs you're getting calf pain first try and think about why um is it because you are running quite slow and what happens is your cadence is really uh slowing down and you're just spending too long on the floor um is that loading the calves too much so it's highly contextual short answer is yeah don't play around with things too much just try and build the capacity to do what you want to do if it's a weakness in your calves then do that but if you're going to change your gait it probably needs to be a good reason rather than just think i've got calf pain somebody told me i should run in minimal shoes or whatever um step one is what does it mean in the context of your training if that, does that make sense yeah yeah cool let's move on i've got a couple more lewis knight says do you drop mileage down before entering 14 to 16 week marathon block or keep miles rolling i'll go first i don't think it should be a 14 to 16 week marathon block first of all um and you've got to look at the the whole block of training is different phases in my opinion and let's just say you are looking at the next 18 weeks into marathon I would always do the core marathon block as about eight to ten weeks include um, plus a taper so let's just say that's 10 weeks of marathon 10 to two weeks of marathon specific stuff then the two week taper just for argument's sake so that eight weeks before I often use it as a bit of a transition into into the marathon type training so I actually probably do roll the miles, keep them fairly high. I keep the long runs, I keep the long run volume high, but the intensity quite low. So they're quite easy type long runs. Um, Maybe like Shane, the odd surge type run in there just to adapt you to that. But yeah, I I think you've just got to spend a good month or so before you go into that marathon specific phase of transitioning into it if you go straight into it let's say 10 weeks out and you've got a 20 mile marathon session and you've done no long runs of 20 miles or any long type threshold sessions they're going to be a massive shock to the system so i would probably get miles high i can probably summarize that in one sentence and you basically if you think about it you need to be fit enough to be able to do the training so I and I think the the way the only thing I'd add to what Aaron said is um similar sort of the phasing part of it, but before I get to the marathon more specific things, I'll be doing more 10k thing uh, specific things and getting that pace. Um and that's actually what I'm pretty much doing at the minute. So when I say drop when you say drop the miles, my mileage is actually the lower at the minute anyway. I'm still doing sort of reasonable pace long runs, but from this week onwards, we were what sixteen weeks to London. I'm now going to start up in my my long ones, but um, my mileage is a little bit lower anyway, just because I've been doing a few ten k races. Um, I've been going. My sessions are shorter, so I think if you do that naturally, you will will have a little bit shorter mileage. I think there's so many people who who do these sixteen week type marathon blocks, and it's just too much. They end up peaking, sort of they often do a 20 mile race like four or five weeks out and they're peaking for that. So you've got to trust. It doesn't, 
you know, if you if you you're right, if your body's done enough decent training before you go into the marathon block, then you'll be fine. Shane. Yeah, a bit of a summary of what you two have just said. I, I've actually got one of my frameworks set out now, and it's 20 weeks. This is for somebody who's done two marathons a year for the last three or four years. And But the first 12 weeks of that, if not more, uh, you wouldn't think would be a marathon plan in terms of the actual sessions in there. My marathon block, quote-unquote, um, comes at week 16 to week 20. And all how I mean that is that's just when we overload on the marathon-specific work um, because, and much similar to what Josh said, we spend the other 16 weeks getting you to be able to have that three weeks of quite harsh marathon stimulus then a two-week taper. Um, so... It depends how you want to conceptualize it, but I'm like Aaron. I, I think when people say, "Oh, I've got a 16 week block," it's either it's either said in two ways. It's 16 weeks of like quite so much intent on a marathon, and that's quite a long time to be focused for. Um, or that's like your whole training, like zero to to 16, and, and just as Josh says, I think you need to be already ready to start your training. Um, if that makes sense. So in terms of resting before it as well, it's going to be, uh, or like lower miles before you start this, it's going to depend on where you're coming from. If you're coming off the back of a year's racing half marathons and 10Ks, then sure, you probably, it's worthwhile having a bit of a break or a rest before you start shifting your focus onto a marathon. Um, I would be having that rest probably at least 24 weeks before you target marathon. So that, yeah, when you are hitting the last, let's call it three months, you're you're ready to do what you need to do. Four months is a long time. I've had quite a lot of people come off the back of London, October, looking to do London, April. And they've had that rest period. They've then done a little bit of quicker stuff. And then, then the now over the next four to six weeks doing that transition type work. So I think that is like a a twenty four week block. Yeah. Um, and yeah, actually, exactly what Shane says. And yeah, just one final note. Obviously, um, who asked this question? Was it yeah, Lewis? So Lewis. Um, in terms of, do you have your volume low before you start? Well, again, I'm with Aaron. First thing you want to build is your volume, even if that means taking out intensity how long is it going to take you to build the volume to be able to do your specific marathon block? And that's it's that. It's, the volume is different for everybody. And we think we, we've done that to death. You know, people can run a good marathon off. Uh, even elites can run a good marathon off lower mileage and some need 130. And that's just how it is. So you've got to find what's right for you in terms of that volume. Um, last couple of quite well, the question came in from Cam Dockerall, who I think raced you at Lincoln 10K, Shane. Um, he's yes. asked goals for 2023. Before we do that, I wanted to ask you both, 2022, what's, your, what's been your best performance and what's been the best performance you've seen from any athlete in 2022? Go to Josh first. 
Um, so the best performance of anyone, I think this in my head is pretty easy. It's Jake Whiteman at the World Champs beating in Grissom. That was phenomenal. Uh, I watched it back actually. I think was it the sports personality was on last week, yeah. the week before. Uh, yeah, that's is unbelievable. I think the thing that made that as well was the fact his dad was commentating on it on the stadium. It's just so good to watch. Um, my best performance. <laughs> I didn't run for four months. Um, my, <laughs> the one that springs to mind is probably hitting fifty-one miles an hour on my bike downhill. But <laughs> running performance. Um, I think it has to really be Houston because I haven't really done much. So. We're going back to January the 14th. Can you believe that's nearly a year ago? I know, it's mad. It's... Yeah, it is really mad. Yeah. I, it popped up the other day when I when I flew out um, in my memories to Flagstaff. But yeah, I was in such such good shape. It was so annoying. Um, so yeah, I ran at Houston. I ran 64.53, I think I ran. Um, and I was really disappointed with that, to be honest. Do you want me to go I haven't gone near it. Yeah, you go, Aaron. I mean, I would have said Jake Whiteman. So if I can't say Jake Whiteman, probably... I mean, Ailish had quite a few massive performances. Yeah. But I do think it probably, for her, was that Commonwealth win where um, she still ran, was it like 30, 48, I think it was? Um but yeah, she sort of had that race with I can't remember her name, um, and it was sort of, sort of all the way over that last lap, and she managed to kick her um, in front of a kind of home crowd. She's Scottish, but um, but yeah, that was probably after Jake Whiteman, probably my next best performance of the year from a Brit. Um, probably I'm going to add to it in that. She's not a Brit. She's Irish. And she's not even Irish anymore. She's Australian. Sinead Diver's marathon in Valencia the other week was absolutely insane. How old is she these days? 44? I don't... Yeah, I was going to say 44, 45. I did not want to... Yeah. (laughs) Let's have a quick Google. Um, Sinead Diver. 1977, February. Quick maths, Josh. 45. Um, she's 45. Mad. I mean, to be running that well, to be running well at 45 is something I think we'd all like to achieve. But to be running 221.30 at 45 is... Phenomenal. I mean, she's close to... Do you 40. think you could do it? What, t- 221? No. <laughs> at 45. 45. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do it at 35. <laughs> and we all know people who ran Valencia. And we know people who ran slower than her. Mm. And we know how good they are and how much they train. And they are sort of late 20s, early 30s males. And they're not running that time. So absolutely insane. Um, my best performance, like Josh, I've, I've actually only had one performance and it's the Burley 7. Um, <laughs> I got COVID the day after it. So it's all I can say. And... There's that picture that was in the group the other day from Mick Hall, me running down the hill. So it's in Stamford and you start downhill past the George 
And I ran so fast down the hill because I hadn't raced for so long. I had no concept of how fast I was running. So I thought, I'll gauge it off what other people are doing. And two people kind of followed me. And I want to say it was a 4.40 first mile. And I ran the equivalent of 32.30 for 10K. So that shows you how much it slowed. Um, anyway. Strong. I think that was my only race. So that's all I could do. Shane, over to you. So, well, yeah, uh, the best performance of the year by anyone, uh, or the, my favourite performance, uh, what first was Jake Whiteman. I mean, it's that it's an incredible achievement, regardless. And again, as Josh said, his dad adding to it, uh, commentating, just a great setup. So, and there's been some incredible performances by athletes around the world and by Brits. But I'm going to go closer to home. My favourite performance after all of that is Jordan Skelly's 1,500-metre debut. Now, not many listeners will know Jordan. He trains with us a lot. He's typically had no speed, ever. He, like, he could never list, like go with us when we were doing anything fast. Anything fast I just training. put one point in. Before I saw him race at 3K, at which I was commentating at Milton Keynes, he, Googled, he YouTubed how to run 3K. <laughs> That's, anyway, carry on, sorry. Well, that was 2021. That was even yeah. more impressive. Anyway, so we did that. Me, Ronnie, and uh, George did this race in Loughborough. It was a pretty loaded race, to be fair, um, back in June. And uh, we just assumed we'll beat him. He battered us. He ran 350. 350 for 1,500 metres. First ever 1,500 metres. He didn't even know like, where the start and finish was. Like Insane. Absolutely insane. For someone with no speed. Um, so that that's a bit close to home. Favorite performance after Jake Whiteman. <clears throat> um, my um, best performance. Um, just before you do your best, I think the only other performance worth is probably from the other week to Emil's uh, European mm. cross country. Oh yeah, medal was probably up there too in terms yeah. of context. Yeah, that was very impressive. So my best performance. Um, but. Mm, I would probably say it was my Batsy three miler. I mean Batsy five k on the lights five k. Um, I ran fourteen twenty four. Uh, I got a stitch at about four k, and it was bad, but I managed to somehow still cling on. I felt awesome, and I felt that was the first time in probably about probably four or five years, I've actually felt like the racer I used to be. Um, so I was really happy with that. And that was back in April. That's quite optimistic moving forward. Also, the week leading into that race, uh, I had an insane amount of work stress to the point where when we were driving down, I just had to lie in the back seats, put my headphones in and just shut myself off in the world. So like, it had a disaster written all over it. Um and it actually went really well. So I was really happy with that. Uh, so that's probably my favourite performance. And did you not, all three of you training partners, finish together in that race? Yeah, so me, Jordan and Ronnie all crossed the line basically at the same time. I think we ran, yeah, it was 14.24, 14.23, I think. Um, and we all did it differently. Ronnie, Ronnie started fast and came back. I was in the middle and Jordan started slow and moved forward. So, yeah, it was very good. Um, and then we had many beers that night, so... Um, good. Yeah, that's that's probably mine. So, looking to twenty twenty three, Josh, what's your what's your plans? What's your goal? 
<clears throat> so someone asked me this sort of earlier actually today and I I've not really I think it's hard to sort of say I want to run X time because really it's like very arbitrary isn't it so I'm doing London I want to run faster than I've ever run before so that's 217.59 I'm not going to throw a, num a time out there because I think it's just it really just doesn't mean anything um, I'm planning on probably doing Berlin later in the year if I don't do that depending on my recovery from London if I don't do that I'll probably do something later um, and really they're the, they're the two goals I've got so running faster than I've run before at London and then doing similar at Berlin so just purely marathon <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, I'll like I think when we go back to the uh, what we we're talking about in the blocks I'll do 10k races and things in the build-up so I'm doing Valencia in three weeks or two and a half weeks. Really, I'd say that's in the marathon block, but I don't see any reason why I wouldn't be able to run faster than I've run before. I think I'm in shape to do that uh, as long as I execute it well. Because I think that's the thing. You can get into what you would deem as being in PB shape, but you have to make the, the race has to go your way as well. Um, to be able to run a PB and have a bad race is i mean you're obviously in very very good shape um but yeah i i think i don't see any distance where i can't improve this year i uh, i'm not bothered by 5k anymore really it i mean i might do one as sort of uh i'll do it but it, yeah that could be my pb for life and i'm not really that fast to be honest as long as i can run faster over the longest stuff okay um just talking about he being in a marathon block. I, I know Andy listens. Andy, I wrote down your training before your 2.14.20 marathon. Andy also went out to Valencia. And off the back of sessions where he hadn't really run quicker than 4.55 per mile for, I think he did three by three miles the last block at 4.55s. He ran a 10K in 29.34, so... I think you can pay exactly. me in Valencia. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Andy, sorry, I've written, I've written all your training down. I won't copy it ever, I promise. Anyway, um, <laughs> Shane, same to you. Goals for 2023. Um, my main goal, to be honest, is I really want to have a race that goes terribly wrong and I don't get a stitch. I just want a normal bad performance. That was my main aim. <laughs> Uh, it sounds silly, but it's a different one. I'm fed up of what happened on Stitch. Like I'm just fed up of it. So I need to really work hard to do that. And if that happens, I'll get good performances because the past uh, through 2021, it's happened. 2022, I got even better. I've I've got in the best shape I've ever been in in terms of where my physiological performance lies. And I know if I my body can hold up, I'll be running under 65 for a half. I'll be running low 29 for a 10. If I get it right, as you say, everything needs to go right in a actual racing situation too. But I just want to be able to put myself in those situations, ready to run fast, it go horribly wrong and it not get be from a stitch, be from a tactical error or something I'm missing in training. So that's my performance goal. Sounds weird. I've got a... Um, if, if I can get a hold of this stitch, I really would like to give a marathon a go. Properly, not not a two fifty nine this time. Um, 
so spring will be far too soon. So if I can get a good spring summer in terms of uh, getting my body strong enough, then actually I might look into doing an autumn or winter marathon. Uh, I like the idea of a winter marathon because you can sort of chill out whilst it's a bit minging around sort of yeah. December, January. Uh, so that's in the peripherals, but it's all going to be contextual because if I can't get hold of this stitch, then actually I might be doing indoors next year and doing 1500s because that's going to be all I'll be able to race. So we'll see. And we were talking about this, this stitch thing before actually because it is actually a really common issue. I know quite a few people that have it. And Shane and I were sort of discussing what, well, I know for me what causes it in the sense of what sets it off, but I don't know why I get it really um, versus other people. So obviously not everybody gets it, but um, is it that our cause weak? Uh, well, I think it that... It's also going to depend on the severity. I started getting a stitch just like a normal one like what you might have experienced on Sunday where it's like, oh, okay, I've gone downhill too fast and I've probably worked a bit hard and I need to back off. That's how it always started with me. Now it comes to the point where I I'm, I'm don't have a rhyme or reason to it. So I'm, 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 it's going to be the hardest thing to to work on in training because I thought I got hold of it. I thought I had consistencies with it. Right? It always comes when I get tired in a race. Right? I can work on that. And then it, it comes when I'm not tired in a race and stuff. So... There's so many things can cause a sensation of a stitch as well. Um, so it's trying to figure out what those things are. But it is common and it's just listening to other people, isn't it? And seeing how, what their experiences were with it and what they can do. Yours might be as simple as, actually, I do no gym work, no core work. She needs to strengthen up. That yeah. might help. Somebody else might have experience. It also makes it very, very frustrating, I find. Especially when I had my issues with COVID. And I was quite open. I couldn't run quicker than eight minute miles. My heart rate was high. I just couldn't do anything. And I'd get people message me saying, I've got the same issue. I've got COVID too. And then they'd run a 29 minute 10K. And you'd be like, you haven't. <laughs> I, why? It's not a competition to see the illest. I'm just saying what I've got. Um, and that's what you, I think the frustration for you, Shane, and I see it, you just don't want to be another year of, people ask you why you dropped out of a race you're like or oh, had a stitch and you often feel like they're sort of accusing you of being soft and you're like no I would finish the race if I want if I could I'm not dropping out because I I want to run well there's a deeper issue like if it was that easy I'd solve it but yeah it's, it's yeah. a frustrating thing and, and on just lastly on that frustration because it's a little bit of a rant but sometimes as well, when you get people, oh, is it because you did this? Because you did that? Have you done this? You've done this. It's like, no, I've been running for 17 years. I haven't thought of that. And, you know, or I'm very experienced in what I do. We, we do that to Josh every week. But, well, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Um, but it's like, yeah, sometimes it's like, yeah, you know, you don't you don't know what other people are having to deal with, with like with the COVID stuff and people's ailments people's injuries and runners love telling runners what to do uh me, me included me yeah. included love it uh so yeah it is funny but anyway could rant about that too so my goals are to be healthy and good that starts with being healthy for january i'm not looking any further i'm gonna try and be healthy all of january then take it step by step the main goal is to is to run a marathon and 
I think like spring is going to be too soon. I've just not been able to to do any pre work for it because when let's be honest, when I do a marathon again, I'm not going to be content with just finishing it. I'm still yeah. You you I, need to get back to the so you can get on like the elite know, start of London. I I know I can PB. That's this the silly thing. Like I feel like when I PB'd the marathon in super shoes. I wasn't in great shape, so I know I can get in better shape. I've been in better shape. I probably was in better shape towards the summer as a sort of block before a, a marathon. So, yeah, probably Berlin-Valencia type thing for me. Um, well, I think the aim has got to be get racing in springtime over 10k and a half and see, see what I can do and see how fit I can get, but first step is being healthy because you can, I can say all this and then get another illness for two weeks and it just sets you back to square one like you don't run for a week you then have to take it easy for a few days and you, you just reset all the whole time and it's just yeah frustrating um so no more tongues when I kiss Eliza um <laughs> yeah what's that anyway that's it that's 2023 talked about. Um, nice. we'll quick, let's just quickly wrap up some quick news. Um, we'll wrap up Ribble Valley because because next week, technically Ribble Valley should be next week, but because we'll have New Year's Eve stuff to round up and New Year's Day stuff to round up, we should be fine. And if we don't round up Ribble Valley, there's very little else to talk about in news. So Jess Warner-Judd took victory on her now home soil considering I think Rob is from, well, he certainly ran for Blackburn. She now has run for Blackburn. Uh, yeah. So Jess Warner-Judd, 31-18, a minute and a half ahead of anyone else, and it was a 20-second course record. Um, just shy of her PB, so very, very good run from Jess. Um, on not the quickest course, it's been a quick course, but it's never been the quickest. Um, she actually uh, set off in our group. So she wow. probably had quite a good group to, yeah. to sort of I, jump in the I back did, of. I did just see a picture of her significantly um, in in front of Andy Davis. So Yeah, at the start, yeah, she was well ahead of Andy Davis. Yeah, nice. In second place, um, a resurgent Gemma Steele, 32.57, who's, um, who matched her time from Telford, again, on a slower course. So she's returning to some fitness. Um, Molly Williams third and 33-32 on the men's side as Josh said Callum Johnson took the win in 29-10 so massive negative and I was going to say and just to point yeah just to point out he's run 14-10 the second half there um, second would have been Rory Leonard, Leonard. 29-40 I don't think he was delighted with it but solid outing on his on his short spell back on on home soil before he flies back to America I presume and third was Matt Ramsden in twenty nine fifty, um, and as Josh said, he's he's even raced the four hundred meters this year, so I think he's got a bit of speed in his legs. Um, the only other race on the roads that I thought was worth mentioning was the Whitam Boxing Day Five. Paul Whitaker took the win in twenty four twenty six, um. And on the women's side, Sam Bilby, 30-41, took the win. It's, it's a race that I've actually 
tried to do for a number of years because it's, it's Essex, so it's not far from my family. But yeah, my Boxing Day running has never been that good. Um, park Run was probably the big race of the weekend. It seemed like everybody in the world did Park Run because there was a Christmas Eve Park Run and a Christmas Day Park Run in a lot of places. Um, I have no idea where which of these days these times are run on so i'm just going to tell you what i know melissa courtney bryant ran a fifteen thirty one for a new world park run best at pool park run that was they're good. going every week aren't they every yeah. week the women's one um so fifteen thirty one. i thought what was equally impressive and we mentioned her the other week was innis fitzgerald who i think is 16 yeah. ran sixteen seventeen exmouth park run no six no, she ran 16-15 at um, And, I mean, Jake would know. I've not seen that many quick people run at Exmouth. There's only one flat place in Exmouth along the seafront. So, unless they run out and back on there, probably some hills. Um, then, in terms of other times, I think there was a very fast Dulwich Park run on Christmas Eve. Toma Tarragano ran 14-30. And Graham Rush ran 14.34 in Cambridge at Stories Fields. And I think that that actually pushed... I think I want to say Jake Whiteman was was maybe fifth fastest of the weekend with a 14.40. Um, it's always nice. I always think it's good. Jake Whiteman actually did Ribble Valley last year, didn't he? 10K. Yeah. Yeah, he came like seventh the, I think. Yeah, yeah, miles down the field, but used used that as a springboard into uh, a world championship 1500 meter winning year so it's nice to see things like that um that's the results roundup that i've got because outside of that christmas day was a sunday so very little racing happening i was what i was going to say is what all i've taken from that is i don't think mine's 17.55 made the top 10 no i think 50 14.59 was 11th yeah. Um it's impressive. Right, that's it, boys. I thought it was going to be an hour show. We've done an hour and a half nearly. So what's happening New Year week for you, Shane? Um well I yeah, we've got the big Lincoln Wellington curry tonight. So hopefully that stays as a nice civilized meal. It hasn't in previous years. We're not waiting <laughs> for that, trying it for any legal action that could be taken. <laughs> Um, then uh, New Year's Eve I'm actually uh, director at our apartment so and then we have another one on Sunday um, so we'll see I'm going to try my best to not actually drink much on Saturday night because I can't handle it um, so yeah I might just stick to a bottle of red wine and see what happens there instead uh, that's it I'm back at work uh, I've got a lot to catch up on and I've got an assignment to get <laughs> on Seems like trying... What are you up to? I've been trying to mute every time I coughed, and that's the first one that got out. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to get well. I've not really got much plan. We did have our sort of New Year's Eve plans are day by day because they're with people who've got kids too, and it seems like the whole world is ill. So we'll see what happens. Really taking it day by day. Um, I took my illness as time to download 
football manager 23. So I'll be trying to make Ipswich successful in that. Um, watching some football because there's plenty of Christmas football to watch. And yeah, hopefully getting back to some running this week. I do need to do a lot of coaching because it's been impossible to try and respond to anybody's messages while I've been sort of like been able to move because as soon as you, I need to think about something, that's when I start to feel worse or even when I stand up, to be honest. Anyway, um, I'll, Josh can get his little violin out for me and he can tell us about his week, his next week coming up. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm actually going to tell you what I did today. My day today has been quite funny. I woke up at 10 o'clock because I was pretty tired. Uh, the the Christmas late nights up to like 11 have really caught up with me. Um, I I then made, made some lunch and then I had a three hour nap. <laughs> and I, Then I ran and then we recorded this at what, half four? That that is honestly all I've done today. It's quite funny. Um, I'm actually off for this week. I'm getting a haircut on Friday, which is certainly long overdue. Then uh, probably not so much actually. Um, I actually don't have really any plans for New Year's Eve at the minute. Um, so yeah, pretty boring. Okay, I um, I've Always. just heard Eliza screaming downstairs. She's actually luckily been in a very good well she's always in a good mood i said to my mother-in-law i'm actually glad that she's turned out well because as shane knows with it with her parents could have gone one or two ways and um, i think luckily she's taken jenny's jeans and she's happy and content because if she was like if she was like me it would have been an awful christmas um anyway i've got one more thing to say and I will go into this. We'll have a chat with Anthony in the next couple of weeks. Um, so Josh doesn't actually know about this. Now, Anthony messaged me a couple of weeks ago. He wanted to support the show. And in return for his support, I said I'd give a shout out to a couple of jobs that he is recruiting for. So he owns a a company called Delta Hat in Long Eaton near Nottingham. And he's recruiting for a statistician, which I'll get more details about next week and give it a proper shout out. Um, but yeah, if you want to go look at Delta Hats on LinkedIn, there's a, a statistician job on there. He's actually got quite a few runners who have worked for him. Will Battershill, I think that's how you say his name, Steve Chaser. Um, and his name's just gone from my head. He organises Will 10K. Rob K. Is it Rob K? marathon runner from early 2010s 220 marathon runner he's their accountant i believe so um he's actually anthony's written a, some of their work involves running so that's why it relates to this he does a lot of um statistical analysis on on running as well he's had a few articles on fast running so so yeah i, I always enjoy reading those those sorts of things i've seen quite a few of them actually well yeah if you want to apply for a job josh then Go over to his LinkedIn, um, Delta Hat Limited, 40 to 85K, quite a big range for that. Um, nice. Do you think my um, GCSE B in statistics will, will get me anywhere with that or have a chat? Never say it. never, show. Anyway, we'll, we'll get Anthony on. He can explain it better than I've done. We'll get him on in a couple of weeks. Lovely. Yeah, thanks for your support, Anthony and his company, Delta Hat Limited, um, and we'll give it a proper shout out. In the next couple of weeks that's it boys have a good new year's eve and don't party too much josh
<laughs> there is no danger. But... Cheers. Bye. Cheers, guys.